We're doing a series at the moment, uh, which is a series of topics that the church have chosen. So we voted on our Facebook page. We've got different people speaking to each topic. And yeah, super cool, super encouraging. So I'm just going to pray for Jordan quickly uh, before she shares with us. Um, Father God, I just thank you for Jordan. I thank you for this topic that you've put on her heart, God. I pray that there's open minds and open hearts with open ears, God. We just thank you for Jordan and we thank you for her message this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Yep, so I'm Jordan. Uh, My husband, Elliot, and I, we look after worship here at Cornerstone. And I got asked to preach today on what the Bible says about our calling. And I remember when Andre posted up all the topics that we could choose from and vote on what we wanted to hear. And I I saw calling and I was like, great, I cannot wait to hear this topic. Um, But because I felt a little unwise to preach in it. But here I go. So I'm calling it a toolbox sermon because it's a big sermon, like it's a big topic, sorry, and I don't think it's going to build the house for you, but I hope it offers you tools that you can use that are practical. Right. So we all kind of have this desire for our lives to have meaning and to have purpose. We want to matter. We want legacy. We want to be remembered. And so I think calling for us is a really like topic that we're attracted to. Because we're often asking, you know, what do we want to do with our lives? What does God want us to do with our lives? Not just like as a people, but as, an, as a unique individual. And it's tricky because it's not like on our 18th birthday we get this magical envelope that's like, okay, you were designed to be a nurse in the outback of Australia. You'll serve a community. You'll find your lifelong partner. It will be amazing. Right? We're not given that. It sounds very Mills and Boonsy, sorry. But in reality, we, you know, we don't have that step-by-step guide. What we do have is we have the Bible, which is as much of a life manual as we can get. So I went to the Bible with a few questions, and I hope they kind of cover a range of stages everyone's at in terms of calling. The first is what actually is calling? What does it say calling is in the Bible? The second is how do we find our calling? And are there, why are there trials in calling, and what can we learn from them? And how can we confirm God-given calling? Right, so the first thing I looked at was what is calling? And I found that it was confused often with purpose. Right, they're two, they are intrinsically linked, definitely, and they are very important to be together, but they are two different things. So purpose is the reason for which something is made or done. So purpose is the reason that God created us. And as Christians, I think we could agree we share the same general purpose, right? Which is to glorify God, to do good, spread word of God's love, and make disciples of nations. Like, that's our purpose as a people. And I like in 2 Corinthians 5.20, Paul tells us, So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Because I thought that ambassadors is a great term to encompass purpose. Because ambassadors are authorized representatives or messengers for the sovereign. So purpose is for us to be tight with God. Great. We go out. We have all authority to go out to represent, to send the message of God and connect with others, and we connect others to God. So that's purpose. Calling is a little different, right? Calling cannot really exist without purpose. Purpose is going to be the heart of calling. It is the root. It is the foundation of it all. But it goes beyond general reason we exist. And by definition, the dictionary says that calling is a strong inner impulse towards a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. It's also 
a vocational profession in which one customarily engages, right? So it's a little wordy, but calling can be anything, like it's going to look different for all of us, right? So it can be a role, a status, we have a job, an occupation, it can be how we serve at church. It can totally exist outside our nine to five job, but none of us are exempt from calling, right? We are all called to fulfill God's purpose, whether it's a lifelong calling we have or it's seasonal callings, none of us are exempt. If you're old, if you're young, I have a quote by Perry Noble here that says, if you're not dead, God's not done. So purpose, if that is to get a, you know, to be ambassadors for God, then calling is going to be the action that gets us to the purpose, right? And to make sense of this, I have a little bit of a diagram. Beautiful drawings. (laughs) So our calling is designed to move us closer to purpose, right? It's designed to head towards purpose, and it must always serve purpose. God created us with the intention of having a calling to fulfill his purpose. And we have proof of this right in the beginning of the Bible, right? Because when he created Eden and he created Adam, he didn't just put him in the garden and be like, great, so if you want to do some gardening, you know, azaleas need pruning come autumn. He said, I command, like you have exercise command over dominion. You will look after the animals. You will work the garden, right? In Genesis 2.15, I've got here, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till and to keep it. So out of the ground, the Lord formed every animal of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, the birds of the air, and every animal of the field. Right, So he was called to fulfill God's purpose. And even after the fall, even after it all goes wrong, right, Adam is still called to this. Right, It says, through painful toil you eat from the food. By the sweat of your brow you eat your food. While the conditions changed, the fact that he had a calling never changed. Right, still, he, God still called him to fulfill his purpose. And the Bible's filled with figures that we see who fulfill their purpose and their calling. Yeah, some who don't. Um, but having real specific calling in the Bible where God gives like real direct instructions is actually unusual because we see it, like we see Noah with the ark. God pretty much gives him like a blueprint of the ark, right? Explains everything to him. And the craftsman of the tabernacle, we see he gives them like real specific instructions and colors and measurements. But callings and real specific jobs like this that he gives are very rare. And it's the same in our lives. So How do we find then, if we're not given this like magical envelope at 18, if we're not given this blueprint of how to live our lives, how do we actually find what our calling is? And so I think there are things that God has equipped us with in terms of finding our calling. And I've just picked a handful of them today because I think we'd be here all day otherwise. But I've picked ones that I think are pretty important. The first one is relationship with Christ. Right? If we want to know our calling, we have to have relationship with Christ. Because how can we hop in the car and go to our destination if we don't know our destination? We need our GPS orientated to God. And we can grow this relationship with Christ when we read, we pray, we obey, we listen. If we're doing these things, that's when God reveals things to us. That's when he talks to us, right? And he's not going to let us flounder. Like He wants to guide us. I kind of think he's like that, you know when you play temp and bowling and kids get the gutter rail that come up to prevent you from getting a gutter ball? Some adults do it too. And I think God's a bit like that, right? 
He wants us to succeed. He's going to kind of keep us in our lane, but he's not going to throw the bowling ball for us. Right? Another thing that God gifts us with are talents and gifts. Yeah. And they're different. Talents are those kind of like natural skills that we excel at, right? That we, if we develop, if we practice, we can really grow in them. It's like the people that are amazing at maths or people who are amazing at baking or sports people, you know, that's our talents. And then gifts are our spiritual giftings that God blesses us with, right? These are wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and interpretations of tongues. And I love this verse in Romans eleven twenty nine. It says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable, right? That means that they are permanent, they are absolute, they are binding. We can grow them, we can strengthen them, but we cannot lose them. Right? We may not know they're there, but that does not mean that they are not there. And we're all unique. We're all created uniquely. Like, I watch the extroverts run around and get the energy of people and make small talk, and I can think of nothing worse, right? <laughs> serious talk. Sorry, serious talk. Right? But thank goodness we're all different, because imagine like a world of introverts. We'd be extinct because we'd never have asked each other out on a date. Like... Uh, It's good we're all different. God has gifted us with talents and gifts, and they are essential in helping us to fulfill the calling he has on our lives. Another thing he gives us is a discernment of needs. So my daughter, she's one and a half, and when my son's crying, he's three, so that's all the time because I cut his toast into triangles rather than squares. Um, So her thing to do is to go and rub his back and say, you okay? You okay? And because to her, shoes make everything better, she goes and gets his shoes and then she places them at his feet or tries to put them on his feet, which always ends badly. But she's demonstrating something that all of us have, right? Definitely at her own maturity level, for sure. But she's demonstrating an ability to discern needs of those around us, right? The point is that we all have this ability. We can ignore it totally, right? But it's on us to grow it and develop it. And when we become Christians, this is when this awareness can really heighten. This is when like the Holy Spirit comes in, right, and guides us. Some of us have got the super down. We're real developed. Others of us are works in progress. It doesn't matter. There's, we can always grow it. We can always develop it. And we're not going to meet every need of the world. We can start small. Like, we can start in our homes. Like I know at my home I've got children to raise and bills to pay. That's a need, a need I can meet. And, um, you know, if, if you're like a youth worker and you put so much into your youth kids and they were thriving and you had teenagers at home and they're feeling neglected, then you're probably not meeting the needs that you need to. So discernment is going to start in the home before we can bring it out, before we can bring it to our friends, to our workplace, to our communities. And he's going to guide us with this, right? Because he's given us already. We don't need to wait for that very special calling for him to show us directly what to do. He's already given us this very inbuilt. If we're tapped into the Holy Spirit, like we're going to have that guidance already, right? Okay, another thing that God has given us, has equipped us with to find our calling, our God-given desires. The Bible says that our truest and deepest desires are important to God. And I've got Psalms 37, 4 says, Take delight in the Lord, for he will give you the desires of his heart. Psalms 145, 19 says, He fulfills the desire of all who fear him. 
He also hears their cry and saves them. Now these are super easy verses, I think, to misinterpret. Because if God was going to give me my greatest desire, I would not be here today preaching. I would be in my vineyard in Italy eating cheese and pasta and bread all day. I wouldn't be here, right? But God... God is going to give us what we need, not what we think we need or not what we want. And knowing our God-given desires requires an element of spiritual maturity. Because sometimes it is difficult to discern between our desires and our God's desires. And I think, not always the case, but sometimes it requires action for God-given desires to surface. Because I know when Elliot and I came to Cornerstone... Being a worship leader was not on my radar at all. I had no desire to be a worship leader. But we saw a need, and we were like, okay, we have a few skills we could maybe make it work, right? So we did it. And only after we did it, did it really become a desire. Did we really want to see worship, like Cornerstone, with a heart of worship? Right, so sometimes... God-given desires require action. When you see need, when you know your gifts and talents, and you can fill that need. And another thing, the final thing that I've got that God equips us with to help us find our calling is this lovely inbuilt red light system called Knowing Our Limitations. Right, when my, when my brother and sister and I were younger, we used to do lots of swimming and we used to be real competitive about holding our breath underwater. We would like to see how many lengths we could swim. And, you know, you'd push yourself to your limit until you kind of like got the black spots in the corner of your eye and you're like, okay. And then we know we need to come up for air. But knowing what we can't do is is equally important as knowing what we can do. And that's not just in everyday life, but that's in regard to calling. And I, I don't want that to sound negative because knowing our limitations shows that we have wisdom, right? That we have reason. Like it's not likely that you've been called to be the world's greatest drummer if you've never played before and you can't keep a beat to save yourself. Right? We, and we live in a world that provides us with external like, boundaries already, right? external limitations. Most of us would hope that our doctor had passed their exam, our lawyers passed the bar, that most of us would hope who drove here today that we have a driver's license. And these things aren't fun, exams are never fun, but they serve a purpose, right? They serve to confirm our gifts and our talents or to showcase areas that we need to strengthen. And we have these in place for our protection, our safety. And you know what? God doesn't expect us to do more than humanly possible, right? He knows our limits because that's why we're human and imperfect and that's why he's God and he's perfect. That's his realm. That's where he operates in the impossible and the supernatural, right? So our limitations are a great way of reminding us of our need for God. So I think that kind of sounds hopefully, straightforward. We know purpose, we know calling, we have some equipment for trying to find calling, and some of us may be at the stage where we're just kind of like figuring it out, how it looks for us, which is great. Some of us may be at the stage where we're like, no, I know my calling, I'm already on the road, I've got it. But my next question was like, why, if we've got our calling, why is it a struggle to live it out? Why do we have detours? Because I don't know about many of you, but this, this is not what calling looks like to me, right? Calling looks more like this. This is my very elegant squiggle, <laughs> right? This is like 
uh, detours, uh, dead ends, uh, U-turns. This is like bad decisions we've made or circumstances that changed. Or when we feel stuck, discouraged, we feel like we're going round and round. This is the fact that our lives are continuously changing. When we get married, when we have kids, a lot of people here have moved countries that we never probably banked on, right? We get new experiences, we change our interests, we develop our gifts. We look at this and we go, I'm trying, but what a mess. I think God looks at this and he's like, no, this is opportunity, right? He's like, this is where I refine you. Because it says in Romans 8.28, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Right, God makes all things work together for our good. And detours, as horrible as they are, they, they don't actually stop you from getting to your destination, right? They're there for a reason. Like, because they're building traffic lights because there's too many accidents, or they're doing a road repair, there's surface flooding, a tree's fallen. However it looks, they serve a purpose and they keep us safe. Right, so when it comes to our calling, just because we know it or we find it, it doesn't mean it's that straight road A to B, Right? I think it, if we find our calling, I think it pretty much guarantees it's going to look like this. It's going to be the scenic road, right? And I say scenic road because about four years ago, Elliot and I were at National Conference. No one, two, oh, yeah. Four years ago, Elliot and I were at National Conference, and we were just kind of like sitting there quietly waiting for the the session to start, and this lady came up to us and she was like, oh, oh, like this, which was very disconcerting. And we were kind of like, hi. And she said, oh, yeah, God's working things in you guys. Yeah, I see it. And we were like, thanks. And then she said, oh, but, yeah, you're gonna, you've got lots of turns, lots of twists. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a windy road for you. But that's okay, she said, because that's the most scenic and it's the most beautiful in the long run. And she said, and it will totally be worth it. And we were like, oh, thank, thanks. And I tell you what, it has been a scenic road for sure, <laughs> right? But it's, it's okay because in the details and the mess, in the tough moments, that is where we gain the most. We don't always see it at the time. It's normally retrospective, right? But it's in the detours that God gives us experiences that we can use to help others who go through the same thing in the future. It's in these moments that he grows and he stretches our faith. Or it may be that he's delaying something because we're not ready or we're not quite at that maturity yet. And you know what? Growing, we talk about it a lot here, growing is uncomfortable, at the moment, my son has growing pains, and he'll hold his elbows and his knees, and he'll be like, I'm so, so sore. And he'll go to bed, and I'm sure he wakes up taller like, in the morning. But my, my point is, is that growing is not comfortable, but it is essential and necessary if you're going to mature, right? And detours are a great way of lifting our autopilot, how many people drive somewhere very often or drive to work and they get there and they're like, I don't even remember how I got here. I do that all the time where I think, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you what signs I passed or what colour the traffic lights were. It's so bad. 
But detours have a great way of removing autopilot, right? Because then we're like hyper aware of our surroundings. We're like, oh, I've never been down this street. And we're also really aware of our destination because the detour might take us this way. And we're like, but I'm trying to go, I'm trying to go that way. So sometimes detours and struggles and mess is used to lift that autopilot and give more attention to purpose where it deserves. And then my final question that I had on this was how do I know that God is calling me to do, like how do I know what I'm doing, sorry, is what God has called me to do. And I kind of have this checklist here that, that I think can work, right? The first thing is that we should have a sense of peace. But if we're living out our calling and we know it's our God-given calling, we should have a sense of peace. And peace is different than comfort, right? Because guaranteed calling is going to make us uncomfortable. But sense of peace is really hard to explain, that feeling, unless you've had it. It's kind of like if you feel apprehensive and afraid and in the external and the natural, it doesn't make sense. And you're like, that is not going to work. I don't see how this is going to work. But you have that deep inner sense of feeling that it is good and it is right, but you can't explain it, right? That's peace. Another thing that's great to check off, right, is that our calling should always glorify God, not us. Okay, our, our callings, I fully believe our callings can bless our lives. Right, they can, they can give us amazing experiences and things. But it's where we place the credit that matters the most. Right? Are we crediting ourselves for our successes or are we crediting God? And I think sometimes calling is more about effectiveness right, than our fulfillment at the time. Like, Are we serving God and his kingdom? Is it more effective towards his kingdom than to our own success at that point in time? Because calling, as tough as it is, and we live in a self-centered society, so this is a tough concept, right? Calling is actually not about us, right? It's not about our success or our gratification. It is about God and his kingdom. Because if we are following a calling that offers the most money or the most success or the most recognition, that's actually not going to fuel us in the long run. That's not going to give us the sense of peace that we need, right? Right? Another thing calling will do is it will never contradict scripture or cause us to sin. Right? I think that's a pretty standard one. If God is not going to call us to do something that makes us sin. And if we have that sense of unease about our calling, right, that's when we go back to that equipment that God gave us. That's when we go back to our relationship with Christ, where we pray, we obey, we listen, we read. And I think that's when we go to the people that we trust the most, right? And get some kind of advice, some feedback from people that are our mentors. And another thing that calling I've got here is it often gives us confirmation, right? God will often give us confirmation and calling. And I think that we have every right to ask God for some form of confirmation. I think that God is often urging us to ask for wisdom. And sometimes, or often, have you noticed that he uses other people as a means of confirmation? You know when someone comes up to you and they give you a word of encouragement, and you're like, I really needed to hear that. They, it meant probably nothing to them as much as it meant to you. But God uses people to give confirmation. 
right? I think it's really good to remind ourselves that calling is not going to look like this neatly bundled package that we can just pick up and take through life and it's all clean cut and it's amazing, right? Living out my calling, right? It is fluid. We are going to change and change is inevitable, not just because we change, but because our environment changes, because the needs of the world change. And a good thing is, is that we are not called to do everything, right? God, God is there. We don't do it alone. We have a God who walks beside us, who has gifted us with all the equipment at our fingertips, if we choose to use and develop it. And I think God is a loving God who cares about our happiness, who cares about our well-being. And while he'll always guide us through what we need rather than what we think we need, I think at the end of the day, if we're seeking him with an obedient heart, he's going to reveal things to us, right? And so I just, so that was a real quick sermon, but it's a long weekend, so it's okay. <laughs> I'm just going to finish off with a few truths that I think are great if we're kind of in the middle of calling and, and kind of figuring it out, whatever stage we're at, right? The first one is that he does not make mistakes. With our gifts and our talents, these are not accidental. These are very, very purposefully given, Right? He loves us and he wants the best for us. He has a plan for our lives. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. He is good, just, compassionate and merciful. So even when we get it wrong, right, which we will, God will never, ever block the way to his destination. Never. And so I'm just going to call up the worship team, if that's all right. Because the word I had today was encouragement. And so I would like, while the worship team plays, I would like to invite anybody who feels like they need a word of encouragement, right? Whatever stage you're at. If you don't know the destination, that is fine. Come up for encouragement. If you are finding out your calling and you're, you're unsure of things, come up for encouragement, right? Or if you are in the mess of calling, if it is a struggle, come up for encouragement, right? We have an awesome prayer team here who do an amazing job. So we just invite you. Right? Cool.